Okay, so as I said, we are in the final week of this series, which is called Love Works, because it's about relationships. It's about relationships with family, relationship with friends, uh, relationships with, with who you date, who you don't date, all of those things. And the key ingredients to each of those is love first. Not just love for who you're talking about, but love for God, love for yourself, learning how to, to love, learning how to show love, learning how to respect, how to, to forgive, all of those things. And then communication goes through all of those things, being able to communicate, being able to be honest, uh, being able to help each other, being honest with your friends. Uh, it's very important to have friends who have similar values to you, similar beliefs to you, so that when they're giving you advice, you know that it's coming from the same place. And when you're giving them advice, they understand where you're coming from. And then being willing in those friendships to tell them when they're being stupid in a kind way, and to accept when they tell you you're doing something stupid. A and so all of those things are, are important. We talked about dating and how it's okay not to date. It's okay to be single. But if you start doing that to have a list of what you want in a spouse someday and not to marry the first person you date don't do that but to to yeah to uh have that list and then to only date people that fit that list because with relationships it's important to always have people again who share similar values than you to you who who, who you can talk to honestly who you can communicate with who you can share your faith with all of those things uh we talked about the ladder and how important that is how important it is to to have a line and to have the conversations that are tough to communicate last week we talked about family and in some ways it's the easiest and the hardest because it's the easiest because you know they love you and you're around them all the time, but it's the hardest because you're going to see them at their best and your, their worst, and they're going to see you at your best and your worst, and so you're going to have wonderful days, you're going to have bad days, but again, communication is key there, being honest, being respectful, honoring them, and then telling them how you really feel if you disagree, because it's okay to disagree with your parents, but to do it in a respectful way, to do it in a kind way, to say, this is what I'm thinking, this is what, what I expect, this is what I'm hoping for, and then over time, that relationship will build and grow. Uh, this week, we're talking about a relationship with Jesus, and, and so it kind of fits along with the whole confirmation theme, and, and how the more you know about your faith, uh, the, the more you understand why you believe that faith. And so it's important to understand not just what you believe, but why you believe it, so that when people make an argument, when people try to talk you into something, try to talk you out of something, you can say, you know what, I, I used to go to church just because my parents brought me, but I kind of get it now. I kind of have this relationship. Uh, when I was growing up, I was raised by my great-grandparents. They were very old, so they were very old school, and so we went to a more traditional church, and, and I very much lived by what you don't do. And, and some of you guys are probably familiar with that. So it's almost like having a checklist, like you can't do this, you can't do this, you can't do this, you can't do that. And, and so I did that going through college. And then at college, uh, I, I actually got away from church for a while. I didn't do anything bad. I didn't go uh, opposite. I still believed, but I would sleep or I would be depressed. And so I wouldn't get up all of those things. But when I prayed to, to Jesus, when I prayed about it, when I finally came back and, and built that relationship myself, I realized, oh, this isn't about what you don't do. It's about having a relationship with Jesus. You see, what's amazing about Christianity Christianity is also what can be difficult about it. Uh, if you're going to go join a cult, don't do that, but if you're going to jo go join a cult, um, there are going to be very strict guidelines. Like if you join Scientology, for example, there are very strict guidelines and you have to cut these people out. You can't talk about it. You can't say this. Just ask Tim. He's one. And so you go through... <laughs> 
you go through all of these different things. And so it's very much they control your life. I've actually known someone in my life who was trapped in Scientology, and so she still can't talk about them to this day because they follow her and they watch what she posts because it's very much like you have to live this lifestyle. In Christianity, we tell you love God, love others. We tell you to build a relationship with Jesus, but then it's on you to kind of figure out what that looks like, to figure out what that relationship means. And that can be freeing because nobody's going to stand over your shoulder, maybe your parents, but nobody's mostly going to stand over your shoulder. But it can also be kind of hard because it's like, wait, what, what do I do? Like, how do I think about this? And so all of that comes back to the point that having a relationship with Jesus is where it all starts. And so I want to start with the very beginning of that, which is salvation. And so this is going to be a scripture you know well, uh, John three sixteen and 17. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world not to condemn the world but to save the world through him. Both of those verses are important. Everybody's heard John 3.16 at some point. That is the basis of our faith. Jesus came to earth as a child. He was fully God, fully human. Um, he, he was God's son. He, he walked with the disciples. He grew up like we do. He faced temptations. Uh, he, he had troubles. He cried. He felt emotions, all of these things. And then he sacrificed his life on a cross so that we could go to heaven because before that, the whole relationship with God thing was just you sacrificed an animal for your sins, but you had to trust a priest, a rabbi, to go and talk for you. So there was no really personal relationship. And so it could be very tough and very tricky. And you had to trust the rabbi. And you had to, to trust that everything was happening. And there were all these laws. I believe there's something like 650 so laws uh, of the Jewish faith at that time. And there are a bunch of laws. It's like, don't eat bacon. Other ones. And so there's all of these different laws uh, that you had to follow. That was just the hardest one. But it's, you, there are all these different laws you had to follow. And so it was very much like the checklist thing. It was very much like, this is what I can't do. This is what I can't do. And it became more about what you weren't than what you were. And then Jesus came and changed all of that with this relationship stuff. And so he built a relationship with the disciples. He talked to sinners. He spoke to, to Pharisees. He spoke to people who people other who rabbis and other people were like, they're worthless. They don't have a chance at this. Jesus said, everyone does. Everyone can come to me if they believe. And so all of that is from John 3.16 where it's, he came to earth for us to carry our sins to the cross, to, to die for us so that we wouldn't have to, so that we could pray to him and have a direct line. We don't have to go, you don't have to go to Pastor Tim or Julie or myself to, to tell us what you want to pray. You can, that's called counseling and it's good, but you can pray anytime you want, anywhere you want. It's so awesome and it's something that we kind of take for granted because we don't know how it used to be. But Jesus came for that, but the second part is just as important. Because Jesus was holy, he had no sins, he never did anything wrong, he never hurt anyone. All of these things are true, and so he easily could have been kind of like the Pharisees. The Pharisees were very much standing up there, and one of the reasons they hated Jesus was because before that they were kind of the leaders, and so you had to go to them to tell them about your life. You had to go to them to get their blessing, go to them to tell them ask them what to do, all of these things. And so they had tremendous power. And because of that, they would walk around with these super clean robes and, and like the scripture on their arms and they'd have shiny golden hats and all of these different things. And, and they would talk about how much better they are than everyone else. They're like, well, you're never going to be as good as me, but this is how you can kind of come close. And they would talk like that because they put themselves above everyone else. Jesus could have actually done that because the Pharisees had sinned. Jesus didn't. 
And yet he came not to judge us, not to condemn us, but to give everyone a chance, to give every single person, whether you like them or not, whether they're Christian or not, uh, no matter who they are, where they are, he gives them a chance. Now you still have to choose Jesus. That's a big part of it. That's the only part of it. But he gives that chance where before no one had that chance. People didn't have that chance. And so it gives you a choice. That's one of the difficult things, not just about relationships, but about being a Christian. Because you will have friends, you will have family, You will have people that you like. You will have people in your life that that are special to you that go the opposite way from Christianity. They go the opposite way from Jesus. They do the wrong thing. They do bad things. They try to get you to do bad things. Uh, They hurt people. They're mean to people. You see this all over the world. It happens all of the time. I'm sure you guys could, could think of people in your lives that you just wish they would get it. You wish they would come. You wish that they would listen. We cannot force them to. No one can force them to. This goes into the idea we've talked about that you cannot change people. You can show people that change. You can show them how important it is to change. You can be that change. But you cannot make anyone make the decision. And so Jesus didn't make us. He could have said, hey, everybody is going to get down on your knees and worship me, and that's how it's going to be, and we would have had to do it. But he said, no, you're going to have a choice. Everyone is going to have free will. Everyone is going to have a choice. Everyone is going to feel such tremendous love. Everyone is going to be loved no matter what, but you have to choose. And that brings us to the next scripture, which is John 14, 1 through 14. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my father's house. If this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am and you know the way to where I'm going. This is This tells us one of the things we live for, one of the main things we live for. Uh, At the end of life, we hope for eternal life. If you follow Jesus, you get this. Jesus uh, left after he died and and went for three days to, some say to hell, some say uh, he he went to the land of the dead, some say he went somewhere else, but regardless, he died for three days, then he rose again, and went up to heaven to prepare a place for us so that we could talk to him to show us, uh, if you look at his resurrection verses, it shows kind of what our bodies are going to look like. It's like your perfect genetic form. Like if there were no sin and no corruption and nothing bad, how you would look in heaven. And so uh, he showed us that and he went and prepared a place and he said, this is what you're living for. There is a reward at the end of this. There is a chance for more at the end of this. It also shows us how important it is to be that light, to be that salt, to be that change for other people because there's also the bad place. There's also hell. And so he he very much says, hey, this is important. This isn't just about you and your faith. This is about you showing your faith, living your faith so that other people can see who you are and who you serve. You see, one of the things that comes with be having a relationship and that being what Christianity is, is there is no checklist of things that can get you into heaven. You can't have a list and write down, okay, I need to give this much to charity and I need to say this much and I need to testify and I need to get baptized and I need to do all of these things and that's how I get to heaven. Uh, no matter how much good someone does in the world, they still have to follow Jesus to get to heaven. A- and so uh, you can never earn your way into heaven. You can never work your way into heaven, but how you live, how you act, the things you do, the things you say, the way you are can show other people what heaven is like. It can show other people how to get to heaven. It can show other people the importance of that path. And so Jesus is saying that to the disciples. You see, they still had a Jewish understanding because they they were Jews at the beginning. And he called them from that life and said, hey, there is more to this. 
And so they still had this understanding. And he's like, no, you see the Father. I'm not replacing the Father. I, I, I am part of the Trinity. And so you can see the Father through me, through my life, through how I speak, through how I live, through who I am. And, and so that's what he is doing. Uh, it's like with anything else. Like if somebody in sports, if uh, Jose Altuva on the Astros wears a buzzer and cheats, that kind of shows the whole organization. It shows what they do in baseball. It shows... Uh, that, that logo on, on the front, it's like, well, all the Astros do this. A and so if the Bengals, like if one of the Bengals goes out and accidentally wins a game, it's like, wow, maybe the Bengals can win, and then you see the rest of the team fall, and it's like, no. Uh, Indiana beat number nine Penn State today. There's no point to that, just saying. And so it's important to know that you represent Jesus, you represent God with how you live, and that's what he's saying here. He's like, hey, if you look at me, you see the Father. And so on the surface, that's, that's what that means. But deeper than that, he's like, so if people look at you, they should see me. If people look at you, they should see what it means to serve me. They should see what it means to live a Christian life. And that's all the part of this relationship stuff. The next part, uh, no, we don't know, Lord, Thomas said. We have no idea where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. If you had really known me, you would, have, you would know who my father is. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the father and we will be satisfied. Jesus replied, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am? Anyone who has seen me has seen the father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? Don't you believe that I am the Father? I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does his work through me. Just believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe of the work you have seen me do. So it's not just about the words Jesus said. Those are important and I'll get to those. But it is about the openness of that relationship. Uh, Jesus had just laid out some, some major truth. He had just dropped a bomb. He had just dropped the mic and said, hey, I'm going to go to heaven and I'm going to prepare this place for you. And then Thomas, who you've probably heard of as Doubting Thomas, but he was a disciple. He was still a Christian. He still had faith. He just messed up sometimes. All of us have messed up sometimes. Uh, this morning in church, I talked about Peter who messed up sometimes. Uh, there's no... You're not going to be perfect, so don't hold that expectation for yourself, but do your best to follow him. And so Thomas said, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't get it. I, I don't understand what you're saying. Jesus did not say, too late, you had your chance. He didn't say, shut up, get out of here. He, he didn't say, I don't want to hear you talk. I'm recording a podcast. Like, he didn't say any of those things. He said, okay, let's talk about what this means, Thomas. He answered him. He Thomas was talking to Jesus, and, and Jesus answered him and said, I am the way. I am how you get there. Don't worry about the specifics. Don't worry about what it looks like. Don't worry about all of the hard stuff. Look at me. Look at me and, and remember that I am the way. If you live like me, if you follow me, if you believe in me, you will be okay. One of the things that happens is uh, Christians, as you get older especially, you start to worry about death. Not like, oh, I'm going to die tomorrow, although I'm really old and you never know. But, it's sorry, that was dark. <laughs> but... <laughs> It's like you start to worry. You start to worry about where am I going to go? Like, am I really saved? Am I really going to go to heaven? And then you start to think, what if I uh, accidentally steal some lipstick, which apparently can happen accidentally. Ask Luke. No, I'm just joking. But it's like if you accidentally uh, cuss or you accidentally steal something or you accidentally do something wrong or you choose to do something wrong and then you walk out into traffic and Rob hits you with his puppy car. And it's like, it's like, it's, that's right. It's like, it's like, what if, what if I die right after I sinned? Does that erase all of my Christianity? Will I go to hell then? And what Jesus is saying here is, whoa, whoa, whoa. 
if you believe in me and you are doing your honest best for me, it's not a checklist thing. Like it's not, oh, he did this many good things and this many bad things, he's okay. It's not a, a scale thing. It's not anything like that. It's if you believe in him and you trust that he is the way and you have given your heart to them, him and asked for forgiveness, it doesn't mean you can never mess up. It doesn't mean you can't lose that. But you only lose it by making the decision yourself to say, I'm not doing this anymore. By walking away from him. He will never walk away from you. And so if you follow him and believe in him, he's telling Thomas, hey, you don't have to know all the theology. Nobody knows all the theology. You just have to know, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. If you're living through your life, and you guys all heard, what would Jesus do? If you're living through your life and you're like, okay, I'm doing my best to do what Jesus would do. I'm doing my best to follow him. I believe in him. I believe he is my savior. I have prayed to him for forgiveness. Then you're going to be okay as long as you keep doing that. Like I said, there is absolutely this chance where you, you can't, there's this time where some people walk away some people turn their backs and that happens and it's sad and it's awful but he will never turn his back on you part of the relationship is his arms are always open uh just like creed used to sing his arms are always that's right his arms are always open his arms are always reaching out to you he is always willing again for what i said this morning uh peter actually walked on water and then he sank because he turned away but jesus didn't say you're done now you messed up he said okay Learn from this, and I'm going to pick you up. And that was it. And that's how our lives go. You are going to mess up. You are going to, to annoy your parents. You're going to, to do the wrong thing at some point. Now, don't go through your life being like, well, Jeff said I'm going to do the wrong thing, so I'm going to go ahead and do this stupid thing, and then later down the line I'll ask for forgiveness. You don't want to do that. But when you mess up, when you fall down, when you fail, don't be like, oh, it's over. Be like, okay, Jesus, I need help. And so you continue that relationship. It's just like a relationship with the best friend where if you have a best friend and you've been through everything with them and you share everything and you like the same teams and you like the same colors and you like the same ice cream or whatever else friends do, I don't have any. But it's like you, 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 have, you have your best friends and so you share with them. When something good happens, you text them. When something bad happens, you text them. I guarantee you've had arguments with your friends before, but you always come back to, to them because they're your best friend. You understand sometimes you're both stupid. And so with Jesus, it's the same thing. He's never stupid, but you can always go to him. You talk to him. He will never leave you. He will always be open. And so you have that, that open relationship. Um, some of you guys, everyone here actually, uh, is scared when I ask for you to publicly pray. When I'm like, hey, who wants to pray? I get that because I am too sometimes, all the time. I am too. But when you're in private, when you're praying to Jesus, there's literally no right way or wrong way to do it. You just talk to Jesus. And you don't have to say, dear. You don't have to say, amen. You just say, Jesus, this is what's going on in my life. And you just talk to him. And that's what a best friend is. And that's how you build that relationship. The more you talk to your best friend, the more you hang out with your best friend, the closer you are with them. Jesus is no different. The more you talk to him, the more you surround yourself with him, the more you read about him, the more you talk to him, the more you're close to him, the closer you are with him, the stronger that relationship. And the other part there was Philip again asked, he's like, wait, so that's all there is? And he asked questions. Be willing to ask. Uh, be willing to talk. Say whatever. And, and Jesus said, I'm here. And that's so important is he's like, I'm here. No matter what, I'm here. There is nothing in your life ever that you have done or that you will do, that he will be like, you can't come back from that. You're done. He will always forgive you, but you have to ask. That's a big part of, of the relationship. You have to ask. You have to be willing to say, God, I need you, and talk to him. The last part, uh, I tell you the truth, 
Anyone who believes in me will go do the, will do the same works I have done, and even greater works, because I am going to be with the Father. You can ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it, so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Now, when he says, ask me for anything in my name, I know a lot of people immediately think, well, I want a million dollars. I'm going to do that. I would like a million dollars, so that'd be awesome. Uh, That's not how it works. When he says, ask me for anything in my name, he means that you truly know you need. He means if you ask me for help, you ask me for courage, you ask me for strength, you ask me for patience. Uh, I talked last week, I think, about how when I was a kid, when I was like 14, 15, like I had an anger problem. And, and I have a scar on my wrist from where I busted a window because I was so mad about something. And it was stupid, but I didn't get that. I, I knew it was stupid, but it was like I was so angry. Some people here maybe have an anger problem, a patience problem, a, 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 a whatever kind of problem. But if you ask him for help with that, he will help you. Now, it's not like a, hey, Uh, I have an anger problem, can you fix that? And then, you know, I'll talk to you later. You have to do the work and he will lead you through that. But he will always listen. And he says, and this is huge, you will do even greater works than me. Now, you're thinking, well, wait, I can't do miracles. I can't do this. He doesn't mean in terms of of power, in terms of impact. He's saying, essentially, Jesus lived on this earth for 33 years. And during that time, he did a lot of good before. But his ministry was basically three years where he walked around and taught. And he walked around and did this. And he's like, hey, you're going to have a longer time on this earth to do a lot of good things, and you will have me with you. I will work through you. I will help you. So the relationship part doesn't end with just asking him. It's like you can ask him literally all the time. Sometimes when you're at home and you're like, man, I really want to go to Disney World tomorrow, and you ask your mom over and over and over again, she gets annoyed. Like Sarah was telling me this earlier. Like she gets annoyed. She's like, you've asked the same question. Just go to your room and and." go away. And it's like, if you, there's no, no limit on the amount of things that you can ask Jesus. He will always listen. He will always, he will never say, shut up. He'll say, you know, keep talking, keep asking me. Now, when we get to prayer, and this is where he says, ask for anything in my name, uh, it's easy to get discouraged because we all have a lot of wants and we all have a lot of desires. And so sometimes we ask for something. We ask for help. We ask for, for uh, healing. We ask for, for money. We ask for something important. And it doesn't happen. And it's like, well, he's not listening. No, he listens to every single prayer. Sometimes, and this is the best time, the answer is yes. Sometimes you ask for something and he delivers it in the way that you expect and in the way that you want and you see it and it's so obvious and awesome. You're like, sweet. Sometimes it's no and that sucks. Sometimes it's going to be no because if you're asking for a brand new car and he's like, yeah, you got to work for it or something else, uh, you have to uh, understand he will, he will help you when it's something you need. But if it's not something you need, it's not always going to be yes. No is hard, but the hardest one is Wait. The hardest one is when you don't see it right away. You don't hear a yes. You don't hear a no. And you keep going. In my life, I've had this a lot where I I didn't start my ministry until a long time into my life, like 75 years. And so I did a lot of things before that. I was a counselor, mental health technician. Uh, I, I was a reporter. I worked in the government. Like I have a really weird, suspicious past. But it's I had all of these different jobs waiting for the opportunity to do what I do now, and yet he still delivered me to that. And it wasn't like, yeah, I'm going to punish you to make you wait. It was, you have to learn all of these things first, and this is going to help you to understand, and that's what he does in your life. So wait is not bad. It's just wait. And, and so all of these 
go to the relationship for Jesus. Um, I don't know where everyone here is in your faith. I'm so glad that you're here. I hope you're here every week. I hope you're always here because I like this. This isn't just my, my job. My, this is my calling. This is something I like to do. Uh, I choose to be here with you because I love all of you um, and most of the youth workers. Like it, it's, it's, a very, it, it's a very important thing to be and it's something that I love and I would be doing this if only two of you were here. Now don't test me on that, but I would. But, but I've done that before and you can ask uh, Tim's oldest son. Like I have done this with two people in the room, but it's because of how important I think it is. A- and so it's, it's because of how this relationship has changed me and I want to show other people what that is. I, I want to share with other people what that is. And so it's a time where as you're living your life, as you're waiting, as you're learning what you're going to do, as you're learning who you're going to be, continue to pray to him, continue to try, continue to come to youth, continue to, to go to church. When people say read the Bible, it can be very tricky and confusing because the Bible is not like a Harry Potter book where you read from start to finish. It's also better written than just joking. Sorry. But it's, it's, uh, it's not where you read from start to finish and you read it like with bookmarks and you're like, oh, I'm going to get into chapter three, blah, blah, blah. It's where you just read in it. And sometimes you're going to read a lot. Sometimes you're going to read one verse. But it's just being involved in it because you're learning. That's how you talk to God. And then praying, building that relationship. I would love to tell you that as soon as you become a Christian, everything's perfect. It's not. There are still troubles, there are still storms, there are still hard times, but as he said at the end there, he is always with you. There is literally never a point in your life where he is not with you. Even people who are not Christians, he still loves them. Now they have to ask him in order for him to save them, but he still loves them. He loves everyone, and that's such an important thing. He died so everyone has a chance. There is no certain type of person that that can be a Christian and certain type of person that can't. Everyone has a chance, and so it's on us, the people that are here to show the world what that looks like, to show the world what a Christian looks like, because the world sees it in most times as a very judgy, loud person who says, you can't do that, and you can't do that, and you smell, and you don't do the right thing, and that's the wrong car, and oh, you're in trouble, and all these things, and I've lived with people that are like that to me, and it sucks, and so we show them, this is how you do, this is what you do, this is what it looks like to have a relationship, and then that helps other people, it helps us. One of the things that you found, I know a lot of you love VBS, one of the things you find when you're working with VBS is you feel really strong about your faith then. Like it's even better when you start to teach, when you start to help. Uh, the reason we have group time every week is not just so, so we can hang out and talk, but it's because that helps each of you to see, hey, we're not alone in this because no one here is alone. Like I said, I love you all, but more importantly than that, Jesus loves you all. And so no matter where you are in your faith, just remember that he will always be there waiting. Don't put it off forever, but feel him. Know that he loves you. Know that you are worth it, that you are enough, and then talk to him. And that is how you build a relationship, and that is who you are. That's all I got.